Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our show. Today we discuss about content trend optimization, rate optimization, because it's very important uh, when you pay attention to this metric, because sometimes you can double your sales. It's not only traffic. It's more about how you can monetize this traffic because uh, sales are fuel and you can get a lot more budget for creating new content. And I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Mark Uterhuwe. So thank you. <laughs> no, your your one your pronunciation is one of the better ones. Uh, it's a very complicated <laughs> last name. <laughs> okay, uh, Mark. Before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and please pronounce one more time for our audience your second name. <laughs> so, for everyone that's interested and want to try it at home, my last name is pronounced as Uiterhoeven, which is a Dutch uh, surname. Uh, that's also where I'm from. I'm from the Netherlands and um, currently living in Malta, where uh, the founder of our company, uh, Dexter Agency, has actually uh, uh, like reeled me into because he wanted to build the company uh, there uh, on that, uh, in this island. Uh, actually, right now we're a remote team uh, with, with people across the, uh, the world, like the US, Mexico, uh, the Philippines, uh, Spain, uh, you name it. Uh, but yeah, I started in the zero business around, uh, I think, six years ago uh, by now and uh, started working uh, under Joris Brion, who is uh, uh, the founder of the company and also a best-selling author uh, with his book, Kill Your Conversion Killers. And the thing is, back then, zero wasn't a big thing. It, it's people, A lot of people didn't know what it was. Um, and actually, when I uh, read about it and got into the topic, I got excited because this was actually what I was missing while, while I was working in digital marketing uh, about a, uh, like a systematic approach, a procedure uh, that actually uh, is data-driven and I can actually show you, hey, the changes that I'm making on my website are actually good improvements or even better, this change that I want to make is actually would cost me money, so better not do it. So um, that uh, really opened my eyes and, and got me working there um, with full enthusiasm. Um, currently, I am now the CEO of the company. Uh, Joris Brion has uh, done a step back. He's on sabbatical, um, and I'm now leading a team of, uh, I think we're a bit around 10 people who are total enthusiasts uh, in, in the CRO business to optimize uh, everyone's website. Nice, nice. Awesome. I love it. Love your experience. Okay, let's talk more about Sierra. Uh, you know, uh, once I spoke with a webmaster who told me he lost 400,000 traffic because Google dropped ranking positions for his website, but he didn't lose any sales. So he got a lot of traffic without sales. Uh, can you tell how to unite content strategy with a, a customer uh, journey, uh, buying persona, because I see when people chase high volume keywords, when they create content uh, that are related to their keywords, but it doesn't mean that you can sell uh, by covering these keywords. And it's the same in paid marketing when uh, someone can set up uh, key, uh, marketing campaigns on Google. Facebook, but yeah, they get traffic, it costs a lot, then they can't sell and leave it. Any insights about 
covering your marketing message, uh, landing page, and uh, buying persona. Yeah, so there are so many factors here at play when you have an e-commerce store or any other like website, really. And uh, the thing is that what's often missing is uh, the, the coherent message. Um, I think that that's something that's really important. Uh, people have an SEO strategy. They have uh, paid traffic. Uh, they have other content that they put anywhere else. They have landing pages. Uh, and what's important there is to have uh, one message that if I see, for example, in your uh, search results uh, or in your paid ad, that you're talking about an easy-to-use software that if I am on your page, on your landing page, that I at least also see this is easy to use. Uh, I think that's that's what's super important. But also when you mentioned that, you know, uh, this person lost a lot of traffic, but his sales didn't really decline, it also probably shows uh, how much bad traffic or low-quality traffic that was going to the site. And um, I think what that's happening a lot nowadays where people want to scale up their traffic in order to to grow their business. Uh, it's getting more and more challenging to get quality traffic to your website because first of all, uh, with your current ads, you're already getting the most quality that there is. And, and the more you spend, the more you go into to uh, broader keywords that maybe are, are less specific to what you're doing. And so each visitor becomes uh, less profitable. And that's why your content and uh, your, your flow and, and knowing your, your personas, your private personas is so important because then on your website, that's where magic happens, right? You can get them to your site, but like they don't buy it, right? You need to your copy, you need your product, you need uh, your, uh, your flow to work uh, as, as good as possible to actually make them convert. And then each visitor becomes more profitable and it actually allows you to use that extra profit that you're making to actually spend again on traffic to keep on growing. Like it's, it's a bit of a cycle and it doesn't, it doesn't stop with putting people on your site. It, that's only, it only begins there. You need to actually make them purchase in order for you to be able to, to get a profit, to get more out of your users so you can actually spend more on, on acquiring new users. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Let's talk about, um, uh, how to optimize a landing page, you know, uh, because I see when um, some companies, they usually replicate competitors, but many competitors highlight their strong sites or uh, unique selling proposition. It's not a good idea just to replicate. You need to uh, know your strong site, your unique selling proposition, don't copy them to find a much better way. And uh, the second problem when I see uh, companies uh, try to replicate big brands, for example, Amazon. Everyone knows Amazon, but you know, uh, Amazon sells a billion products, a lot of products. And um, of course, I can open Amazon product page and I can find almost anything, you know, uh, on product page, mm -hmm. uh, reviews, yeah. uh, video, description, anything. But uh, it's hard to consume. Uh, I think Amazon users know customers know this structure they know how uh, this content looks and amazon uh, sells a billion products if you don't sell a billion products it's better uh, for me uh, to uh, learn from apple you know when you open apple.com you only see iphone because iphone is mm -hmm. a best-selling product uh, 40 50 percent of all sales and uh, apple doesn't try to sell uh, Airport, MacBook, uh, Apple Watch, uh, iTunes, many other stuff. Just uh, Apple iPhone. Uh, mm -hmm. Can you tell how to learn from big brands? 
how to learn from your competition, but consider your strong side and unique selling proposition. Yeah, you're, you're touching on a very important point here. Um, that, like there are two things, like copying your competitor and looking at big brands. And the problem with copying your competitor is that you don't know if they know what they're doing, right? They often assume like, oh, but I know my competitor does A-B testing, so it's probably good. Uh, they probably have tested this, so let's just copy that. But I know from firsthand experience that often even our clients, they just implement something because either their manager wants it or the, 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 the boss wants it. Um, or yeah, there's something political going on in the organization, they need to do it, um, and it's not even tested, so they even don't know if it works or not. So uh, that's also very challenging. And also, even like if you copy it like exactly, what are you going to do? You can only differentiate yourself on pricing then, if you're totally copying your competitor. And that's always very challenging because then you get a price war, and your profits get so low that you're you're struggling making money. So that's never a good thing you, you need to get something unique and it can be something about your product that actually is different from the rest it could also be something that your company is doing very well for example if you sell furniture uh what can be uh, a strong asset if, if fast delivery because furniture usually takes very long time or uh you know uh the, the returns process is made, being made very easily because it's always difficult to return big items have a good like after sales service like try uh, in, in that aspect to to differentiate yourself from your competitor that will make you also able to target uh, your audience better and, and to align your messaging with that. It's just so much better. And looking at bigger companies, the problem there is everyone knows Amazon, right? Everyone uh, is familiar with it. So they know how they use it. And if they don't, then it's Amazon. They know they've bought from there before. They might have changed something. But they know, yeah, I've bought from Amazon before. I know the experience. They they are willing to learn that any new thing that Amazon uh, changes in their flow. And that is just the luxury that a lot of companies don't have. So you can also even copy Apple, but Apple already has a brand. So whatever they do now might also just be because it's Apple and people will already be like, oh, wow, yeah, cool. Great that they do this. Um, but if you do it as more of a beginner or an unknown brand, it might not uh, resonate with your audience. So be very careful. You, you can, of course, get ideas from your competitors and from big brands, but test them. See if they work for you uh, or not, because you can't just copy someone else's success formula. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you mentioned a few times about your audience. Uh, you know, I usually track how many times you can pronounce some words. <laughs> and, you know, uh, you, you did it probably three, four times. Uh, yeah. And I lost my track after that. <laughs> so can you tell how to learn your audience? Because I think today the era of lazy marketers is that, you know, uh, you can't use the average data from tools like HRFs, SEMrush, many others. You no, know, they are great tools, but you can't use this data to learn your audience. And I found uh, big companies can learn, including Google, including many others, you know, uh, they uh, talk to their audience to learn uh, what's going on. Uh, they have data, a lot of data, uh, but they uh, often speak with the audience in order to learn uh, their pain points, to understand how to decide all this issue. Can you tell how to do it? How, for example, to learn? Because uh, it's a big issue. Many uh, companies, they just, uh, as we mentioned, uh, copy competitors, take the average data, but don't care a lot about 
real customers any insights mm -hmm. how to to do it right yeah the reason why it's so difficult is because it's often so time consuming right if you can plug in an app if you can just install a tracking code and that tracks all kinds of data that's easy and you just analyze it and you know the average time on your site you know how often they clicked on something but do you really know who that customer is on the other side and if you're very small if you're just beginning then the, the best way to do it is just reach out to them like like email them can i have a call with you can i talk with you a lot of success stories start like that that actually owners call um, and reach out to their customers of course they ask approval you don't need to arrest them but you can get so much valuable insight and you might even realize that they buy your product for a different reason that you intended it to um the, the bigger you get the more you can for example your surveys uh and you'll say like oh not a lot of people respond but that's okay if two thousand people buy from you then if 10 percent fills it out you already have a lot of responses this is qualitative data even if five percent only fills it out like give them of course an incentive that, that will help but it's qualitative, qualitative data. So every response that you get is valuable, but it just takes time to analyze. But I can give you an example of why this is so important because we, uh, this is I think two years ago, we were talking with this company who um, were uh, selling hangover cures. Kind of. Uh, that, so if you just had a rough night, uh, you had a lot to drink, then the next morning you took that drink and you were energized, you felt a lot better and they targeted students you know young young the younger demographic because they you know they go party they they have hangovers and what they actually realized is when they started to interact with their customers is that the majority of the customers and also the most loyal ones were actually businessmen business women mm -hmm. business people were just buying their product because what was happening is that they have very busy lives they work till very late and the next morning, they were just so tired, uh, but they needed to work again. And they used that drink to, to get that kick and to get uh, to, to work again. And then they were like, oh, wow, th that changes the whole uh, strategy that you, that you need to do. You're a new different kind of approach to reach that uh, demographic, that, that customer. And uh, it opened a lot more possibilities for them to grow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, love it. Yeah, I think, yeah, it takes time. But if you uh, spend time you know, to learn to get this data, by the way, yeah, I have the question about uh, getting more data than you need. You know, it's interesting. Once uh, yeah. I, I watched uh, an interview uh, with Jeff Bezos and uh, uh, someone shared a story when um, a research team uh, brought a lot of data about a new product that was Alexa uh, mm -hmm. and told. Um, and ask him, we need more time to learn about this product, to learn about customers, how we can decide their problems. And he denied. He told, no way, nobody knows. We need to test, we need to analyze. We have enough data. So, and once I spoke with a data expert and he told me, it's a big issue when uh, companies get more data. It's like over data than they need. Because... Uh, when you share a lot of tips, recommendations, uh, people might confuse what to do, uh, where to pay attention. Uh, mm -hmm. And 60% uh, of all recommendations are ignored. And we need to test. Sometimes we need to listen to our intuition because we have experience. We know how things work. And uh, I found many influencers. They uh, don't care a lot about data. They have experience to understand the audience like intuition and then uh, use uh, 
many different tests, experiments. So can you tell how to find the balance between getting data and over data and uh, to do something then uh, keep learning? Yeah, I think this is a very interesting uh, aspect because I think it was with Ford who said, like, if people have asked me back in the day what they wanted, they would have said faster horses, but not cars because the concept of a car didn't exist. So th mm -hmm. there are visionaries that actually uh, know what people want before, before the people even know what they want, right? And they can go with their intuition and, and, and they hit the spot. Uh, unfortunately, that's only the a few that have that gift, I would say. Um, a lot of people don't have that. And I think that uh, there are two problems with data. Either you, have, you don't have enough data or you have too much data. And, uh, and uh, to go into the too much data, what you talked about is that if you have so much, then you have a, a big chance that you're starting to focus on the wrong things. Mm -hmm. What you always need to have in mind is like, what is my goal here? What do I want to achieve, right? For, for most uh, e-commerce stores or, or websites, it's, it's more revenue or, or more clients or more leads. Like that's your main goal. Uh, but what are the secondary goals that lead up to that goal, right? That, that's uh, maybe sign up to our newsletter. It may be like adding product to the cart. Like and identify your secondary goals, connect it to a KPI and measure those. And then you can monitor that. And those will actually help you decide if you're making progress, yes or no. And all the other things that you can track, you know, it's nice to have uh, because you have a feeling like if I have all the data that I can have, then at least, you know, I'm safe. But actually you have a problem that you might focus on the, on the wrong things and actually lose your goals out of sight. So yeah, there's the curse of, 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 of knowing too much or having too much data. Um, and for the lucky ones, they can use their intuition. Uh, I wish I was one of those. I think yours, our founder, is more one who is, is, is on the visionary side of it. I, I am one more that's data-driven and, and like to focus on data, what it tells me, and how to make solid business decisions based on that. Nice, nice. Okay. You know, I open your LinkedIn profile because I like to open LinkedIn profiles. And, you know, I found that you uh, share a lot of numbers. Uh, I think customers love numbers. Uh, for example, uh, let me read from your profile. Seven and eight figure online store owners unlock at least 500,000 in additional early revenue in under 90 days. Can you explain how to do it? Of course, I want an extra $500,000. So any insights yeah. how to do it? Yeah. So, of course, this doesn't, uh, it's not something that we just thought of uh, one day and we're like, hey, let's just uh, promise this and, and let's see whether it happens. Now, we've do, like I said, we've been doing this for like seven years. And what we realized is because we've done it so often, we like optimized our research process because now, there's no magic behind it. It is all just work and iterate on what you're doing and, and optimize also ourselves. Like, you know, we're not optimizing someone else's website. We're also optimizing our own processes. And uh, so we have uh, this research method that allows us to uh, find a lot of opportunities. And based on our experience and, and objective scoring that we also do, we can make sure that we start with the tests that have the most potential to win and bring uh, most uh, uh, revenue uh, to the client. So what we, when we put our own data and we analyzed uh, together, when we analyzed that, we realized that for all of our clients, what we were able to do is to find at least $500,000 in extra revenue within the first 90 days. So we were like, all right, 
a lot of people have been burned by previous agencies who promised them a lot and didn't deliver. Now, that makes it very difficult for them to trust us because why would we be able to do what we, we say we do? So we were like, all right, we make it a guarantee, right? So they come to us, we promise them that if, if, if we don't, uh, aren't able to do that, then, you know, then they don't pay us. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. And we can do that because we have data supporting us that we never have failed to, to reach that goal. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, guys, you need to understand. <laughs> so let, let's try. You don't lose anything with that. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, Mark, I have the question about uh, new projects. For example, if I start something new, I have no data, I have no customers, I don't know how to learn about my future customers. So what to do, how to get this data and how to set up the right message uh, when uh, it's completely from zero? Yeah, uh, very good question. First, what you need to do, is you need to realize if there's a product fit. So you need to know, are people actually looking for the service or product that you're offering? Um, because if not, then just don't start with that and, and, and do something else. So do research, uh, and that means just, I don't know, go to a shopping mall, uh, uh, go to, uh, to your family and friends, um, try to find a way to, to, uh, to identify if there is a need for your, for your product or service, what you're offering. So if you know that, and if you do that research, you also are getting feedback from those people. And you know, okay, this is actually why they would like it, or this is why they might not want to buy or do it. So you'll have also immediately the pros and cons of your product or your service. So, you know, hey, this is what I need to uh, use in my copy to motivate people to uh, buy or my service product. And this is what I need to write in my copy to counter the objections that people might have. So it, it is just a lot of hard work in the beginning that you need to go out there and see, are people waiting for my product? Do they, do they even want it? Do they need it? And then you can use that insights to at least start with your copy. And uh, from there on, you can build on. And um, there is... Of course, nowadays, uh, with a lot of templates that there are, there are like very bad websites. They, they are like a dying breed, right? You know, especially with, with, with uh, Shopify, there are a lot of templates that, that do already good job for your basis to have a, a solid base where you can at least have a decent website uh, that people can understand. And so you can already have that to build your website, have your content there. Uh, and from then on, once you start creating traction, you can start uh, optimize. Uh, but again, begin with uh, just a lot of manual hard work to identify if there is a need and what the motivation would be for people to buy and what their objections would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Okay, uh, let's talk more about a bad website. You know, uh, for example, you know, if I see a picture uh, for ten million dollars or fifty million dollars. Uh, personally, I don't understand why why this picture can cost uh, such crazy money. You know, uh, I can pay like hundred dollars, uh, not more, because I'm not good with painting. I, it's not uh, my passion about art, and uh, uh, I see some websites that look bad, nothing special, but they convert a lot. They they are working good. Some websites. Uh, Webmasters can spend so much money, you know, uh, to create nice-looking design. Uh, everything looks good, but it doesn't convert. So, can you tell about how do I know it's a bad website or a good website? Because you mentioned about bad website. Uh, mm-hmm. Any insights how to measure this quality? 
Yeah, that's funny that you say that because I remember that we, a couple of years ago, acquired a client and we saw the website and we're like, oh, this is, looks like it was made in 1994. Like, how bad is this? And we were actually doing user testing, uh, letting users go to the site. And they actually also said like, oh my, oh my goodness, this is, this is an ugly site. But what they also almost, oh, everyone said, oh, but it was very easy to find the product. And it was very mm -hmm. easy to see uh, uh, the specifications and what's good about it. And yeah, the, the whole experience was easy for them. And it actually showed, okay, uh, it can be ugly, but if people can easily find what they, what they need, if they understand your product, if, they, uh, all, if all their questions are answered, then it can be ugly. But that's not a reason not to buy. I think what's often underrated is copy. Like copy is so important. You can have the best looking website that there is. It can be like state of the art. It can be what a lot of people want, innovative, right? I have a website that's different than the rest. But if people don't understand what your product or service does or why they should buy it, why it's better than another product or service, then you're going to struggle anyway. So uh, I, I think the biggest wins that we also have with our A-B test is about copy, that, that it's, it's clear to people uh, why they should buy the product, why it would benefit them, uh, and why not to buy from a competitor. I think that that's uh, the main goal. And the reason to discover how your site is performing is just looking at analytics and you can see, hey, you know, uh, we have a good looking website, but a lot of people bounce from our product pages. Uh, like we have very difficulty to uh, retain the people. So we need to work at that. Or we see that, hey, a lot of people, they drop off in the first page of the checkout. That's something that we just need to tackle. We need to uh, optimize that process. That's where uh, Google Analytics or Adobe Analytics or whatever analytics tool you use is super important to identify where your leaks are. And then you also know where you need, where you need to start improving it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, guys, if you want to criticize some websites, open Craigslist. You know, you can <laughs> criticize the whole day, <laughs> but you can't criticize their success. You know, they have hundreds yeah, and, and people. Personally, like my personal opinion of Amazon, is I don't, I don't like that site. Like, I don't, I don't like how, how, to, how to find products. I don't like their product page. It's too overwhelming. Uh, but yeah, I bought a couple of times from Amazon. I, I can't ignore the fact that I did. So, you know, they do something right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I think uh, it depends on audience. I remember MySpace. Uh, after redesign, they lost a lot of uh, traffic uh, and redesign has, uh, you know, this redesign had the goal to simplify experience. But people have habits by using something. If they have habits to use uh, this structure, so it's hard to teach them about the new structure. And I found Google, uh, when uh, they change some tools, they tell uh, their audience, uh, we are going to uh, implement a new design in an year. So you have an year to learn about new design. It takes time because most users are not advanced. Advanced users can do it for, for a few hours. Just open, uh, learn. Uh, but 87% uh, of users are not. Now they need more time. And sometimes mm -hmm. an year, it's not enough for many users. For example, about GA4. You know, I know yeah. many webmasters, great webmasters, uh, uh, didn't start to learn about this tool. So they, you know, they will uh, in the last day when they have no other options or probably when the deadline will <laughs> off <laughs> so yeah many mm -hmm. and uh, craigslist uh, you know i think uh craigslist uh, uh 
has success because it's simple to use and customers, users know how to use and uh, they can make redesign, but they don't need it. No, because it's simple. It's not hard. You can find what you need on this mm-hmm. website. And for me, it's more important uh, context than nice looking design. You know, uh, we remember like Google Plus uh, failed yeah. to get results. <laughs> That yeah. was simple, interesting idea, nice features, but nobody uh, wanted to change habits uh, and structure like Facebook. They know how mm-hmm. Facebook works. So, yeah, that's why, uh, um, uh, for example, TikTok. If you open TikTok, uh, when I found TikTok the first time, uh, that was simple. I don't need to register. I just uh, set up the app and I can switch, uh, watch all these uh, great videos, you know. So, simple. Mm-hmm. Nothing yeah. special. Uh, Zoom. Uh, I remember when uh, someone told me about Zoom, let's have a meeting on Zoom many years ago. And I told, oh, you know, I have no time. Uh, I have many things to do. And uh, and uh, I got reply, no, you don't need time. Just, just open this link. That's it. You know, you don't need to register. You don't need to set up. Simple, you know, so yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's why simplicity. Can you tell how to simplify content? For example, if I create a landing page and uh, I need to cut some fluff, uh, less necessary information, but uh, you know, I see when webmasters don't know what is necessary, what uh, don't. So, uh, can you tell how to choose priorities and simplify content? Yeah, sure. And I, I want to also quickly uh, touch upon what you said before about redesigns. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, I, there, w- there was this example of years ago of Marks and Spencer who did a uh, redesign and they paid actually, I think, two million, like like an insane amount. I think no one should pay uh, like millions for a redesign, but they did that and actually their conversion rate decreased. So often redesigns are also done for the wrong reasons. It's because, uh, you know, people are... are uh, thinking like, hey, my site is is old, like I've seen it now, uh, let me just update it. But uh, for your returning customers, they are used to your site. They know where to find everything. Uh, they're very comfortable with it. So, you know, for example, with MySpace, those people, they were returning people uh, that they were already on MySpace and suddenly stuff changed and they have to relearn again. And what you yeah. sometimes forget is that the new people that see it for the first time, for them, it's not old like they see it for the first time they are not like oh i've seen that homepage for a lot of uh, for a number of times because no it's the first time so really think about why are you going to do this redesign like for example google what you said with google analytics 4 they are like it's not just a redesign it's a whole replatforming because they also uh, have a different structure in in measuring the data now so they had to like change everything it's not just because they wanted to give it a new look now the whole uh, structure behind it is different um, and, and that is a reason to, to change your website. If your technology is not sufficient anymore, or if you just have uh, bottlenecks that you cannot uh, like remove without like redesigning your website. So do it for the right reasons and not just because you are bored from your, of your own site. Um, but if you need to know how to simplify things, how to simplify landing pages, what you need to think of is, okay, what is necessary? And what is often necessary is for people to understand your product and they also need to know why they should buy it and also why they should trust you. And you can have a lot of things going on. Uh, One thing that I, uh, for example, uh, recently had a discussion about with a client was a 360 view for uh, clothing. 
And I'm like, is, is that a necessity for clothing? Like you have a photo of the front, you have a photo of the back. That says enough. I think for that for people, it's more interesting to see a close-up of the material because you cannot touch it. It's online. You cannot, you cannot feel the, 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 the texture of the product. But if you have a close-up, you can, like if it's satin and you can just see the shine of the satin, like you can almost feel it on your body. That's so much more powerful than a 360 view. And I think that's often the problem with these pages that there are so many things added because, hey, that's cool. Um, what people also bought, uh, that's what they put on the landing page. Well, if I am going to buy a laptop, I will not always be interested in what other people buy, especially since those suggestions are often not relevant. You know, it's, it's based on an algorithm. But, you know, the websites aren't as big as Amazon, that these algorithms have so much data that's actually relevant. So I had once uh, an experience where with the laptop, I saw other people also bought my laptop that I was looking at, another laptop and a TV. But I, I never buy two laptops and a TV on a day. And I think no one does. That's very rare. Like, make sure that, that everything that you have is relevant. Buying an external mouse with your laptop, that is relevant. That can be on your landing page. But focus on what, your, what is your product about? What are the specifications? Why do people need to know? They need to maybe to know about shipping, but they uh, probably won't need to know about another product that you're selling, right? So, so make it as specific as possible, and you can always test adding other stuff later on, but start with the essential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome, valuable. Okay, uh, I'm interested about mistakes. You know, in my life, I made a lot of mistakes. I keep doing yeah, that. Yeah, me too. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how to stop making mistakes, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I remember Elon Musk talked about mistakes. If you don't make mistakes, you're not innovative enough. So, yeah, it's yeah. part of the process. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal once replied to this question uh, about mistakes. He told if he uh, starts something new, he always makes mistakes, but uh, it's the way to keep learning about something new. So to think how to test, adapt, uh, and go ahead. So uh, he doesn't feel it's mistakes are mistakes. He, he feels like learning education. Okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, some mistakes uh, cost money, a lot of money. For example, um, uh, 10 years ago, when I set up Google Ads, I pay, paid like 5 10 cents per click. So uh, I got traffic, sales, everything was fine. Today I need to pay five, ten dollars per click. And I, yeah, I, I, yeah and I found that many uh, companies can lose money by setting uh, their own metrics, uh, uh, creating their own design. And um, yeah, it's not like to lose hundred dollars or a thousand dollars. They can lose hundred thousand dollars, you know, with their own metrics. Can you tell mm-hmm. or list? mistakes, common mistakes that companies do and your tips how to find a much better way. Yeah, so what if I look at conversion rate optimization, I think the most common mistake is that uh, there's often a uh, focus on finding winners and companies, they, they want you to find as many winners as you can so that they can grow the website. And I think what a common mistake or at least a misconception is, is that there are often things being implemented without them knowing what the result is of the implementation. So um, even our own clients, they sometimes implement something without telling us. And we're like, do you know what the effect of it is? Because CRO is not only about finding winners, it's also preventing about preventing losers, like preventing something that hurts your site. 
And I think that's often a mistake that's being made, that if you don't know that your change or implementation uh, has a certain effect and what that effect is, that you might just like cancel out the winner that you just had. Maybe we had a great winner and we implemented it and it would give you like 1 million uh, or more a year. But if you install this app that actually will hurt your website, then you just undo every optimization that you made. So I think that that's very important that, that, that companies also understand that CRO is also about making solid business decisions, right? Is, is it the correct way to do this? Is it the correct way to go forward with this? And um, besides that's also a good way to determine uh, what do you have on your site if that's valuable? Like we have tested certain tools and they weren't bad, but we also figured out that they weren't adding uh, any extra value. So we're like, okay, it's not costing you money, but you're paying for the tool. So if you stop using the tool, your conversion rate won't decrease, your average order value won't decrease, but you'll at least you'll, you'll save on uh, the expenses of that tool. So it's all about uh, understanding the, all the aspects on your website what and what's the effect is of uh, the different elements on your website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice, nice. Okay, Mark, uh, let's help uh, students in my network who are looking for ways how to grow, how to learn uh, something new. Uh, let's imagine you started from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills. What will you do today uh, to learn more about uh, content rate optimization? So first off, uh, I mean, if you have no experience uh, and uh, probably also means that if you just start now, you don't have the resources to like uh, hire an agency like us to help you out because, you know, you're just starting out. Um, what I can uh, suggest is you look into uh, like, I, I think Baymart Institute and, and CXL are great websites with a lot of information about uh, conversion rate optimization and how to create a solid websites and, and the pitfalls that there are. Uh, focus on that. I think besides that, uh, look into the different research methods that there are. Um, and I think especially in the beginning, it's very good to look at what your users think. Like user testing is very easy to set up. Like there, there's, there are plenty of tools that, are, that have this pool of users and you can let them go them through your site. You will see and hear what they say and what they think and what they do. And then you can see, hey, wait, they are clicking on that thing, but it's it, it's not a button, it's not clickable, but they think it is, I should fix that. But they say, ah, I don't know when it will arrive. I, if I order this, I'm like, how long should I wait? Ah, I need to add like the delivery time here. Like these simple things uh, that you often miss yourself, uh, they will highlight that. And that is already a great way. Like start with qualitative research. Um, and it's not even that complicated to do these kind of things. Uh, start with surveys to to learn and once you grow bigger you can use like data and tracking and all that stuff to get your your quantitative data but uh yeah use these insights to uh see if you're on the right track and, and what you can improve mm-hmm. yeah awesome awesome and mark the final question uh about uh, the future uh, can you forecast the future because many things are coming metaverse augmented reality i don't know we'll see i don't know how it looks because um i have no crystal ball if i have uh probably the first thing that i can do just to buy uh, a lottery ticket you know it's enough <laughs> but you know uh, anyway uh, your predictions about the future what companies need to do today to adapt to this future 
Yeah, I think uh, I don't see anything happening right now uh, that would ch change things drastically. I think if there is something that uh, is going to change the future, it will be something new. Um, of course, they are now working on buying stuff via TVs and, and stuff. I, I don't necessarily see that working right away. Um, I think what will happen now is that, you know, mobile is still increasing uh, and uh you know, five years ago, I was like, ah, oh, you know, more people go on mobile and at some point that will stop or it reaches maximum. But no, still more and more people go on mobile. And that is just a trend that will for now continue. So that's going to be very important to uh, optimize for that device. And for the rest, I think that uh, people are going to look more and more for something that is unique. I think a trend will be that uh, websites and, and, and store owners will uh, start working with niches. Um, you know, they will find something specific, not catered to the masses, because there is so much competition. No, uh, we are going to focus on uh, people that, you know, they, uh, I'm a furniture store, and I'm going to focus on people with that certain uh, income that they have, or they love this certain style, uh, particularly, or I, uh, I'm focusing on people that are vegan, or I'm going to focus on people that uh, like uh, they they value human rights and our products are being you know uh, sourced uh, from from uh, sustainable resources and countries that support human rights. Like I think th that's what's going to happen. You get more and more of these these niches um, that that websites will focus on because that is a way to really have a, a, a targeted content and a, and a targeted audience with very relevant. Uh, product and content as will also make it much more easier to to write copy that resonates with, with with your audience because it's very specific about things that they value i think that's mm -hmm. where it will go to nice nice love it love it mark it's a big pleasure to get in my show to learn from you <clears throat> tell our audience the best way how to reach out to you how to learn more about you how to follow you yeah, you, you can uh, find me on LinkedIn uh, with uh, Mark Eitrufer. There won't be many uh, with with his last name. Um, and uh, that, that's where I'm, I'm mainly at. Uh, you can also reach me at my email, mark at dexter.agency, if you have any questions about that. And we also have a website, which is dexter.agency. There's no .com. There's just dexter.agency, uh, where you can see more about us and schedule a call with me as well if you want to know more. Um, and uh, I will always uh, give you a reply. Okay, nice, guys. You can find all these links in the description below. Listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. Big pleasure. Love it. So Thank you very valuable. much for having me. <laughs> Yo, Thanks, I love guy. This. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank you guys for listening, watching us. It's so valuable. And see you next time. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.